Can we just walk in the word a little bit tonight? I don't know if I'll get to preach or not. I want to take you to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. Stay right there where you are. They'll put it up. If you got your Bible, you can go. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What is it? What is the treasure? Somebody shout the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I have the Holy Ghost. Verse 8. And because I have the Holy Ghost, I may be troubled on every side, yet I am not distressed. I have the Holy Ghost. Trouble does not mean distress. I may be perplexed, but I am not in despair. Are you hearing what I'm telling you tonight? Verse 9. I may be persecuted, but I am not forsaken. I may be struck down, cast down, but I am not destroyed. If you're in this house tonight, you have not been destroyed yet. It is not too late for God to do a work in your life. You've got to declare it. I've got the Holy Ghost and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Am I persecuted? Of course. I'm living life, but I'm not forsaken. I may be struck down, but I'm not destroyed. I have the Holy Ghost. Victory ahead. Victory ahead. Through the blood of Jesus, victory ahead. Trusting in the Lord, I hear the conqueror's tread. By faith, I see the victory ahead. Somebody's got to see it to believe it tonight. I see victory ahead tonight. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get somebody to believe what the Spirit's been trying to tell you. I have the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I am not abandoned. I'm going through this alone, Pastor. I don't know what to do. You can't. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you are not abandoned. If I could get about six or seven folks to believe what I'm telling you right now, you'd leave this house with more victory than you came here with. Has there ever been a better time than right now to be blessed? Has there ever been a better time than right now to be healed? Has there ever been a better time than right now in this moment to be set free? Huh? If not now, when? We're going to wait till next Sunday? You know what? I believe somebody can get it tonight. I believe somebody can get it tonight. Somebody can walk out of here tonight and know that God has worked on your behalf. You can do it. Praise God. 
Let's go to the book of 1 Peter tonight. I have no clue what God's going to do. We're just going to follow the Holy Ghost. 1 Peter chapter 5. Mm-mm-mm. I'm, I'm almost reluctant to preach because I, I kind of feel like if you want it, you'll jump out and get it. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 5. It's a very familiar scripture. You can just about quote it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Your adversary, the devil, not your confidant, not your fortune teller. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I'm doing my best right now. I told somebody the other day, I said, I'm really not sure why I'm a preacher. I should have been a weatherman. If you're a preacher, that people judge everything you say. If you're a weatherman, you can say it's going to rain today and it'll be sunshine. They'll watch you again tomorrow. <laughs> Listen to what I'm telling you tonight. He has never told you the truth yet. So don't think that because you're going through hell on earth, he's going to start telling you the truth right now. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, is walking, seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour, that means he may not also. If he may, that means he has access. If he may not, that means you've told him to get away from your table. So tonight when he comes knocking on your door and opens a door and says, I've come to destroy you. I've come to destroy your family. I've come to destroy your ministry. I've come to steal your faith. I've come to rock your world. Then just look right back at him and say, but you may not. And close the door in his face. I'm going to talk to you tonight. Three things. We're going to see what God will do. Three things. That I learned from the devil. Three things. That I learned from the devil. You may be seated. Be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The Lord looked at Simon Peter and he said. Simon. Satan hath desired you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that your faith fail you not. Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. 
But I have put access denied, cancel order on his desire. What the Lord is showing us is that the power of prayer can override the desire of the devil in your life. I'm telling you that as long as the door is open, he'll come in. As long as the door is open, he'll sit down. As long as the table is open, he's going to sit there. But somebody's going to get the courage in this house tonight to realize whose you are, who you belong to, who your father is, what kind of spirit you've been filled with. Three things that I've learned from the devil. And what's crazy about this is it was his plan, but it's backfired on him. I learned three things from the devil in the scripture. And the first thing that I learned from the devil is if you really want to know how strong somebody is, see where they stand on the word. His opening plan and ploy and plot for humanity was to cause them to question the word of God. The first thing I learned from the devil is if you want to know how strong somebody is, you've got to find out where they stand on the word. When he came to Adam and Eve, he said, did God not say? And it was a story that was so close to the word of God that Eve began to question in her mind. This is elementary, so let me preach this to you. But the principle is so powerful because with Eve, she buys the plan. And the first man, Adam, is deceived. But in the New Testament, the second man, Adam, is in a time of spiritual separation and consecration unto the Father on a 40-day fast. And in the midst of trying to deny his flesh, the enemy comes to him and says, I want to test his strength. And so he begins to question him on the word. And the response of the first man, Adam, was, well, I guess if he says it, I'll believe it. The response of the second man, Adam, is it is written. Somebody tonight needs to let the devil know I'm stronger than you think I am. I'm better than you think I am. You may have tried yesterday to get me to question the word of God, but it is written. Come on, I dare you tonight. This is not a pep rally. I'm not just here to prep you up tonight. I want somebody to understand that your strength is not found in how strong you look. Your strength is found in how rooted and grounded you are in the word of God. And it is written that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. How, how, strong, how strong are you on the word? How strong are you on the word? Listen now. This, it's, the same old, it's the same old trick. He does it all the time. So he comes to them. And he says to them, I'm going to give you knowledge. If you'll, if you'll take the tree, you're going to get knowledge of good and evil. Now this is something that's so amazing to me. Is that God had made man in his image. Man was still in the image of God 
when temptation came. And the enemy said to them, if you eat of this tree, you will be as gods. Small g. They were already as God in his image. But the promise that he gave them sounded so good. But it was less than what they already had. And the enemy comes to Jesus in the desert and says, Hey, if you'll cast yourself down, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world. He was offering the image of the invisible God all of the kingdoms of the world. But the kingdoms of the world was all he could offer. Because he doesn't just own the cattle on a thousand hills. The enemy is limited to this present world. But I know the man that he was talking to is not just the ruler of the earth. But he is the ruler of the heavens and the earth and the earth beneath. There is no God above him. There is no God beside him. There is no God beneath him. The enemy said, I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth. He said, I already own that. It is written. Now, I I hate to take you all back to Pentecostal kindergarten, but I got to tonight. I just feel this tonight. I am tired of the enemy offering you what you've already got. And you buying the bait. Now listen to me. You can't be happy where you are. You've got to get happiness somewhere else. But I've been with you long enough to know what you look like when you're really unhappy. And I want to tell you that since you got the Holy Ghost, you're a lot better off. And so are we. He'll offer you joy. Joy that you can tell a story to somebody else of what you've done. Joy that you can tell somebody else what you've been through. Joy that you can tell somebody else what you partook in. But let me tell you. Let me tell you about the word. Let me tell you about real joy. The joy that I have is so powerful that it's unspeakable. I can't even really, I can tell you my story. But I can't really tell you a story about the joy of the Lord and you fully get it. Because it is joy unspeakable and it is full. See, some of y'all are missing this because it's too simple. I said it's joy that I can't even tell you the whole of it. I can't even tell you tonight how good God has been to me. The enemy has tried to make you believe that real joy is outside of the kingdom of God. That real joy is outside the church. And I want you to know there's joy there. But it's joy that's speakable. In this house, there is joy unspeakable. So the first thing I learned from the devil... Is that the strength of a person can only be found in how strong they are in the word. That's why it's dangerous to get your weekly fix on Sunday and Wednesday and that be the only fix you've got. How many of you have ever been reading in the scripture and you come to church that weekend and pastor or bishop, somebody preaches where you've been in the scripture? Isn't that a whole lot better than coming to the house of God this being the first word you hear all week? You know why? Because it lets you know you're on God's mind. 
It lets you know that you've been seeking after God and he's been seeking after you. The enemy wants you to believe it's a one-way street that you seek God and he hasn't answered. But what he needs to know tonight is that every time you've called on him, that the Lord has answered you. He has heard you. He is a just God. Can I tell you that your strength is found in where you stand on the word tonight? And I learned that from the devil. What I want him to know is that God's word is more powerful than his word. So whatever he tells you, now we're, we're in elementary school, don't forget that. Whatever he tells you, the exact opposite is the truth. Mm-mm. I, I don't know that there's anybody in here that really believes he's a liar tonight. But I've been convinced for a long time. And you should be. Because I've been with you with some of the stories that he's told you. And God has proven it wrong time after time after time. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. But can I tell you that the enemy of your soul, your adversary, he is the father of all lies. And the truth is not in it. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if he's been talking to you this week, you've got a reason to rejoice. Because if he told you this week it's over, that means it's just now getting started. That means if he told you this week you've got no victory, that means you've got more victory than you've ever had. Now, I did this while we were singing a while ago to make a point in case I got to preach this tonight. I didn't know if I was going to get to. I want to show you that your tone matters in the house of God. I watch, and I'm not being judgmental. Don't think I'm being critical. I'm not being ugly. I'm just trying to help somebody. I watch you sing, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. And then you said, I told Satan, get thee behind and I told you when we started saying it, you got to tell him that. Get thee behind. But the first time you told him that was when you sang the song. <laughs> how would you feel? They don't really do this much anymore. But how would you feel if a vacuum salesman came to your front door and you had to convince him that his product was good? I know some of you young people are like, what's a vacuum? That's that, that's that thing your mom uses in the house. Suck stuff up off the floor. Makes a loud noise. Wakes you up at 1230 on Saturday. When I was a kid, had a vacuum salesman come over. We didn't invite him. But he came over. Now, understand me when I tell you the intent of the vacuum is to clean your floor. But he had me sold when he held a golf ball in the air with the vacuum. Anybody else ever seen that? It's convincing. He reversed the motor on that thing. He took a golf ball and held it above it. And he throws the golf ball in the air. But he was trying to sell us on the power of something. Right. 
But that was not the purpose of the machine. See, I... Brother Lang, you're going to have to finish this if they don't get it. The devil's got some of you intrigued, holding a golf ball up, saying, Woo, look at this trick, look at this trick, isn't that neat? And you're so enamored by how cool the trick looks. But he's not yet shown you how to suck dirt up out of the carpet. You're being sold on how neat it sounds. Not by what it can really do for your life. You feel like preaching, Bishop? Man, I appreciate that. I got one fan on the front row. Well, I better have three. I just took him on vacation. Sorry, Rabbit. You could at least say amen. Graceland, say amen. She said, I did. devil says, watch this. Let me show you how cool this is. How cool this is. No. Come on. You don't understand the purpose. Some of us are looking for an exit off of the road where the Holy Ghost has us traveling. And the enemy has shown us a trick that looks like an exit strategy to us. But the exit, all it's doing is taking you right out of the will of God. Now, I've been laughing with you and cutting up with you, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now, it's time for construction projects. It's time for somebody in this house tonight to begin to dam up and block off the exit. You're in the will of God. Stay in the will of God. Walk in the will of God. If you've got truth, fall in love with truth. Stay in love with truth. If you've got a husband, wife, family, children, teach them the ways of God and stay in love with God. Hear me tonight. You don't need an exit. You need some grit in you. You need to stand on the word. You don't need an exit. You need to stand up for truth. The exit looks easier because you're tired of working. But anything worth having. My God, y'all are good preachers. Did you hear this place when I said that? Man. First thing I learned from the devil. What I learned? You want to know how strong they are? See where they stand on the word. Worship will keep you close to the throne of God. Pride. It'll never lift you up. It'll always cast you down. But this is what I've learned from the enemy about the word of God. We've learned some things that'll work in the Word. And this is the main thing that I learned about the strength of somebody in the Word of God. When somebody has their mind made up, he can't come up with the story good enough to get your mind not made up. He can't, he can't get you off the prize. He can't get you to move off of it. What I want to know tonight, is there anybody in this place that would agree with this preacher that this way is the best way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Can I, can I get anybody to agree with me tonight that God's way is the best way? Now, if you're not convinced, I don't want you standing up because this is a test. 
How many of you believe that God's got it all under control? How many of you believe that God's all right with it? He's not intimidated. So here's what I found out. The devil don't know what to do with you because you're convinced that the word of God is right and everything's going to be okay. If it don't feel all right, it's still going to be all right. All right. The enemy came before the Lord and he said, uh, the Lord asked him, he said, have you considered my servant Job? And then 13 and 15, he found out what Job was made of when Job said, though he slay me. He didn't say because he don't slay me. He didn't say because I hadn't gone through it. He said, I don't care if I have gone through it. I still trust him. Because my mind's made up in the word. The devil can't affect me. I'm standing on the word. Let me make it clear to you tonight, devil. I'm standing on the word of God. If you believe it, shout amen. Here's the second lesson that I learned from the devil. It's a good one. Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice. Rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the seal. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Because he knoweth. That he has a short time. The second lesson that I learned from the devil. Not in any particular order. But the second lesson that I learned from the devil. Is that God's about to wrap this thing up. He's got a short time. We've got to learn the lesson that the devil has taught us. Oh, that the church would learn what the devil already knows. He has but a short time. We preach that Jesus is coming back. But we act like he never will. And I'm wondering what would happen to the apostolic church if we would get it in our spirit that the devil has taught us a lesson. We've only got a little while. Just a little while to labor. Just a little while to stay here. Just a little while to wait. Then we'll enter heaven's portals and go sweeping through the pearly gate. I've come to tell you that life may be short and full of trouble, but we've only got a little while. I'm not living for this life. I'm living for the next one. Give you a trick. Teach you a trick of the trade. When I was a kid, be working on a job with my papa. He's a good carpenter. And we'd get to a job, something gets stuck, Brother Todd, where it wouldn't work right, you know. There's a way we'd done it before, but because of this particular way, it wouldn't work. And so he'd say, Here. Let's try this, because there's more ways to choke a cat than hamburger meat. Is that true, Papa? I'm not lying on you, right? 
He said, let's try this. Because there's more ways to choke a cat than on hamburger meat. I always thought it'd be funny to see it happen, though. I just lost all you kitty people. Doggone it. Could you imagine? No matter how long, I've, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. I've preached funerals for babies that never made it out of the hospital. Yeah. Preached funerals for children that never even made it out of the womb alive. And I've preached funerals for people that lived 100 years nearly, you know. But whatever time God gives you is the amount of time that he has allotted for you to give him your best. Doesn't matter if he pulls the plug on you at 30 or if he pulls the plug on you at 130. Here's the trick of the trade. When the enemy comes to you and he tries to work in your life, this is what you've got to have. You're made up mind because you're standing on the word. That's the first thing we learned, right? And so we've got to understand that we have a short time and that we don't have time to get caught up with all this junk, this mess. I'm, I'm, uh, Lord, I, I was going to try to not do this tonight. Today, I got to reading an article. Let me just quote it to you so you don't think I'm lying to you. I got it pulled up right here. Don't y'all get on your phone. I'm on mine. <laughs> Super Bowl ad feature. LGBTQ friendly women centric messages. This year's 77 Super Bowl commercials. Featured notable LGBTQ figures, women behind the camera and in front, and two big-name politicians. This week, my family and I were just a few minutes away from where the big game's going to happen tonight. Church family, I'm not here to preach against you enjoying sports, but listen to what I'm telling you right now. The other day, my family and I were leaving on vacation the life of a famous sports figure was taken in a tragic accident. Man, I feel horrible. The family, I, I can't even imagine what they feel. But I, I taught my kids something. Don't judge me. But we, we turned on the news to see what they were saying about this deal. And when they brought it up on the screen, by the time the news had even become news, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that had come to the arena to worship the life of this man. Am, 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 am I way out in left field? We've got a short time. Man, I wasn't going to try to go here tonight. We've got a short time. Time. And the world will teach and preach their agenda however they can teach and preach their agenda. There is a reason why tonight there have been millions and millions and millions of dollars spent by the LGBTQ plus whatever movement 
to push their agenda. And we sit back twiddling our thumbs and say, boy, I hope we have good church on Sunday night. The devil knows he's got a short time. And he'll do whatever he has to do to push the agenda. I wonder when the church is going to wake up and realize we've got an agenda to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It depends on what, what news outlet or whatever. I've seen different numbers. Someone throw some averages at you. But what I picked up this week is that the cheapest ticket I've seen for tonight is about five grand. That's the, that's the cheapest one. I saw uh, a ticket, what was it, $85,000? Listen, folks. My wife and I got to the airport to leave. And I just started counting for her. Because I have a sickness. I like airplanes. I started counting. I said, well, that's a Falcon. That's a G5. That's a G4. And she said, what's that mean? Speak English. I said, well, that means 40 million. That means 27 million. That means 32 million. And then our missionary comes here and says, we need $3,800. We got churches in America tonight canceling church to have a Super Bowl party. What are you going to do when that commercial comes on in your church that you've designated to be a holy place to God? So I'm going to pull a bishop right here. Somebody shout amen or oh me. Got a short time, short time, short time, short time, short time. $85,000. Hey, are you kidding me? $85,000? Can you imagine what it's going to feel like when this church writes $85,000 to missions? We got a short time, Lord. 2020 would be a great year for 100,000 to missions. I know I've already got some fanatics turned off tonight, so that's all right. And if you're watching online, it's all right. I'm going to tell you something. You mark it down when I tell you this tonight. I'm not being ugly. I'm not against people enjoying things. But these are the gods of this world. It is absolute idolatry when people lay on the ground and mourn and weep. You're going to have to come help me, Brother Hensel, my Lord. Weeping, crying. Did anybody else see setting up, setting up little prayer things with candles? We've got a short time. See, some, some of you are missing. You think I'm preaching against something. I'm telling you, the agenda of the world is pushing harder than it's ever pushed because he's got a short time. 
tell you folks, I'm going to be held accountable for this statement. I, I'm, I'm all right with that. But I've met a lot of old country preachers that were poor. Elder, they didn't have, they didn't have much. They had their house, whatever. But I'd rather stand before God in that poor man's tore up shoes than I would some of these ball players that their shoes cost as much as my house. I'm sorry. You haven't forsaken anything to learn how to throw a ball and catch a ball and push around and shoot it. You haven't, you haven't forsaken anything. But these men, like Carlos Grant, packed up their family and got on a boat and went to the Philippines in the 1950s before it was cool to go there. Brother Lange got off the boat. His wife said, what are we going to do? He said, I have no clue. He went and got a motel. She said, how long can we afford to stay here? He said, I don't know. And somebody came knocking on his door. Told him that the Lord had sent them to the door. And that was the beginning of the work that our family and this church started investing in in 1968, 67. And to this day, there is a work going on there because somebody packed up. Why'd, why'd Brother Grant do that? He's dead and gone because he had a short time. I would rather exhaust my resources reaching for broken people and drug addicts than I would paying $85,000 to go watch a football game that's going to be over. Somebody's going to pay all that money tonight and go home disappointed. I asked somebody the other day, I said, they said, you, you going to watch the Super Bowl? I said, who's in the Super Bowl? They said, the 49ers and the Chief. I said, well, are they still in the NFL? I didn't even know that. God help us to learn a lesson from the devil. We have. Oh, God. I've asked the Lord to let this second point tonight rest on this congregation in a heavy way. We've got a short time. Pastor, you got to enjoy life. Nobody enjoys life more than I do. Man, I love life. I love to laugh. I love to have a good time. I just spent a week with my kids in the sunshine, my beautiful wife. I love to live life. But I'm telling you, it thrilled my soul when my children would walk in the room and say, Daddy, I miss church. Daddy, I can't wait to get home and have church. They mentioned that they missed their papa and their mama and their mama and papa. But yeah, they mentioned it. But I, you know what? I heard more on this trip than anything. I miss being in the house of God. I'm ready to get home and have church. You know what? I would rather my children want to be here than to be in Miami at a Super Bowl tonight. I've already preached too long. I only got one more point left. So let me drive this home 
If I sound repetitive, I'm sorry, but I got to get it in the spirit of this church, not just in individuals that support your pastor and love your pastor. I want it to be in the DNA of this church that we live every week with a short time. Knowing whatever we've got to do to have revival, to get souls. Hey, listen, I don't have time for gloom and doom messages and people saying that Pentecost is going to be on the decline. People don't want this. People don't want truth. People don't want to be holy. It's a lie from the devil. We've got a short time and we've got to get out and let people know. This is the most powerful movement on the face of the earth. It is the only movement in the earth that has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus is coming back. And if I go into rapture or I go by the grave, however long of time he gives me, it was too short. It's a short time. That's the second thing I learned from the devil. Now, you may not have liked that one very good. But if you can't shout with this one tonight, I'm going to question your identity and whether you're alive or not. The first lesson I learned from the devil is if you want to know how strong they are, test them on the word. Because if their mind's made up, you're not changing it. Second thing I learned from the devil, I've got a short time. I've got to act quick. I've got to move rapidly. I've got to preach everywhere I can preach. Pastor, why do you go like you go? Why do you travel like you travel? Because I want to tell everybody I can tell. I don't like being online. People can tell you I fought cameras for forever. I don't like it. Because everything you say is thrown out in the open market. You become the buffet for carnal people every Sunday night. But the reason why we're doing it is because of people from all over the world. You may not know this, but people from all over the world have been tuning in to our live services. All over the world. All over the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? We've got a short time. By any means necessary, let's reach into the fiery pits of hell and pull them out. Do you know why I was rejoicing about the prison ministry this weekend, Sister Annette? Because by any means necessary, even if they're in a prison, we've got to go in and get them. By any means necessary. Yeah, but they don't deserve that. You don't deserve mercy either. We've got to go get them. We've got a short time. If we've got to go to prison to get them, let's go get them. ready for my third and final point what was that you're, you're more glad that it's final more than it's the third so I've learned you can test a man by the word we got to live knowing we got a short time and the third lesson I learned from the devil I found out by brother James in James chapter 2 and verse 19 thou believest there's one God Thou doest well. The devil also believes and they tremble. You know what I learned from the devil? Brother Gill, even the devil is smart enough to believe in one God. That's the best preaching I've done all night. James said, thou believest in one God. It's a good thing. 
because the devils also believe and they tremble. Can I tell you, the devil has taught us there's only one God. You've got to know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. There's an old song I like to sing as often as I can sing it. My musicians aren't up here, so I'm not going to sing it, but I'm 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 going to speak it. This is probably my favorite song of all times. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost just singing. Our wonderful in wisdom. By whom all things were made. Here comes the scripture. Are you ready? The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is. (laughs) Our God for whom we've waited will be the glad refrain of Israel recreated when Jesus comes again. Lo, he will come and save us, our king and priest to be. For in him dwells. And Lord of all. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. There's only one God. And He has a name. It's a name above every other name. It's a name that every knee's going to bow to. Every tongue's going to confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How strong is a man? The devil says you can test him by the word of God. How much time we got left, I don't know, but the devil knows it's a short time. And James sealed it up for me when he said the devil knows that there's only one God. And it makes him tremble. But do you know what really, really gets to him? Is that that one God lives in you and the Holy Ghost. That means when you wake up and walk the earth, you are the embassy of heaven. And everywhere you go, you've got a right to take dominion and authority. Over every step you take, every place you go. we got a short time, church. Let's get after it. I learned it from the devil, but I learned it through the word of God. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to work hard and fast. And I'm going to die believing in the one true living God. How many of you are in tonight? The mighty God is Jesus. 
the Prince of Peace is He, the Everlasting Father, the King eternally, our wonderful wisdom, by whom all things were made, and the fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. Woo! It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. I said it's all. Oh, it's all in Him. You know the mighty God is Jesus. 